today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Jesus was still working in the power of the Holy Spirit even after the resurrection, giving commandments to his apostles through the Holy Spirit. Now, what's the point in all of this? The point is, everything Jesus did, he did through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit filled him. The Holy Spirit led him. The Holy Spirit empowered him. He depended upon the power of the Holy Spirit to fulfill his ministry. The Holy Spirit is upon you. The same Spirit who led and empowered Jesus to fulfill his ministry is with you today. Jesus didn't do anything outside of the empowering of the Holy Spirit. He didn't rely on being God. He relied on the Spirit. And doing that, he showed you and I how to live. In today's message, Pastor Dan is going to show you that your life can be one that is filled with power and love through the work of the Holy Spirit. All you have to do is the same thing that Jesus did. Rely on and listen to the Spirit. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 3 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. John baptized, his baptism was with water unto repentance. He says, Jesus will also baptize people, and he will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Jesus will baptize people with the Holy Spirit, referring to the pouring out of the Holy Spirit upon believers. Now, now give me your attention. Everybody look up here. Our women's Bible study that meets on Wednesdays is currently going through the book of Acts and looking at and studying the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the early church. Our men's Bible study that meets on Tuesdays is currently going through the book of Acts. And the men are looking at the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the early church. Uh, Thursday nights, we're going through the book of Joel together. And we're in currently in Joel chapter 2, looking at the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the early church. And the promise in Joel chapter 2 that God will pour out his Holy Spirit upon believers. And here we are in Matthew chapter 3, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes up here in Matthew chapter 3. What do you think God is trying to say to us as a congregation right now? I'll give you one guess. God is speaking and God is saying to us, we need the baptism with the Holy Spirit. We need to be endued with power from on high. We need to be constantly filled with the spirit, as it says in Ephesians 5, 18, and depend upon the Holy Spirit moment by moment and not our own strength. That is what the Lord is speaking to our congregation in this season. He that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to his church. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. For for those that do not repent and turn to Christ, there will be a baptism of fire. Fire in the Bible speaks of judgment. And so for those who, who do repent and put their trust in Christ, there's the baptism with the Spirit. 
Those who don't, there's judgment. There's fire, and he describes it as unquenchable fire here. Now look at verse 12. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. It's describing a separation that's going to take place, a sifting that's going to take place, a sifting that Jesus is going to bring, separating the wheat from the chaff. The Lord has his winnowing fan in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. Now, remember, John is saying this to the religious leaders, to the Pharisees and Sadducees, telling them the Lord is going to clean his threshing floor. Now, what is the Lord's threshing floor? It's the temple in Jerusalem. Second Samuel, chapter 24, verse 21, second Samuel, 24, 21. David purchased the Jebusite threshing floor in Jerusalem where the temple was later built. Again, he's writing to Jews. You talk about a threshing floor. Well, that's that's the Jebusite threshing floor where the temple is built. This is this is talking specifically about God judging his temple and judging Judaism and the religious system that they had they had created. God's going to judge it. God's going to sift it. There's going to be a separating that's going to come by Jesus Christ. You know, First Peter chapter four, verse 17 says judgment begins at the house of God. Judgment begins at the house of God. It's a sober reminder for us that judgment begins at the house of God. God will sift his church. To separate the wheat from the chaff. And I would say to you over the last 18 months, God has been sifting his church. Across this country. There's been a separating taking place in his church. In verse 13, now we come to the baptism of Jesus. So then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. So Jesus leaves Nazareth where he's lived his life as as a carpenter. He now begins his public ministry and he, he goes to John at the Jordan River to be baptized by him. At this point, no one knows that Jesus is the Messiah. He's just lived like this private life in Nazareth. So he comes to the Jordan. Thousands of people are there, Roman soldiers, tax collectors. Everybody is coming to that baptism, to John's ministry. And there Jesus shows up. And at this point, Jesus is just another face in the crowd. You know, he waits in line to be baptized like everybody else. No one knows that it's Jesus. And lying. Right? I wonder, like, did the guy in front of him strike up a conversation with him? Not knowing who he's talking to? Hey, how about the Braves winning the World Series? Isn't that something to see them win again after all these years? And what, kind of, what line of work are you in? You know, just that kind of stuff that you'd say, you know, just making small talk while you're waiting in line. So then verse 14, John tried to prevent Jesus from being baptized, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me now? The other Gospels tell us that that John and Jesus were cousins. They were family. John knew Jesus. And and this was a baptism for people repenting of their sins. Jesus was without sin. He had no sin. He lived a perfect life. That's why he's the perfect sacrifice for our sin as our substitute. And John tried to prevent Jesus saying, I need to be baptized by you. What are you doing coming to me? You've got nothing to repent of. But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting 
for us to fulfill all righteousness, then he allowed him. Now, through his baptism, Jesus identified with those who repented of their sins and wanted to be right with God. Jesus himself had no sins, but he identifies here with those who were repenting of their sins and wanted to be right with God. As his first public act, his first public act was to identify with sinners who sought the remission of their sins. These are exactly the people that Jesus came to save. He came to save sinners who wanted to be forgiven of their sins, who were honest enough to admit they were sinners and needed to repent. These are the people that he died on the cross for, to save repentant sinners. And so he's baptized. Now, when we are baptized in water, we are identifying with Jesus and his death and resurrection. So Jesus, through his baptism, he publicly identified with sinners who wanted to be forgiven of their sins and made right with God. And through our baptism, we are identifying with Jesus and the salvation he has provided through his death and resurrection. Now look at verse 16. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came, notice, he came up immediately from the water, which indicates he must have been immersed in the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, not like a turkey vulture, like a dove, and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, and whom I am well pleased. Here at the beginning of his public ministry, all three members of the Godhead are present at the baptism of Jesus. All three members of the Trinity. You have Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit, you have the Father speaking from heaven, and God the Father speaking from heaven approves Jesus publicly as his son. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, notice here in verse 16, that Jesus was baptized in water, and then as he came out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended upon him. He was baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I just want to take a few minutes before we close to look at how the Holy Spirit worked in the life of Jesus Christ, because it's probably something we don't often think about or connect the dots on. And it's important for us to understand how the Holy Spirit worked in the life and ministry of Jesus. And so I want to look at some verses together. First of all, if you remember back to chapter 1, Jesus was born of the Holy Spirit. He was born of the Holy Spirit. Back in chapter 1, the angel told Joseph, that which is conceived in Mary is of the Holy Spirit. Uh, In Luke chapter 1, verse 35, you don't have to turn there, but when the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary to announce that she would give birth to a son, Mary asked, how? Because I haven't known a man. She's not, she's not doubting. She's just curious. How, how is this going to, how is this going to work? And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And so Jesus was born of the Holy Spirit. What does the Bible say to us? We also must be born by the Holy Spirit. We must be born again. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. 
first, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. John chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus said, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So Jesus was born of the Spirit, and then here in Matthew chapter 3, Jesus is baptized with the Spirit for the work of his ministry. So he was born of the Spirit, then he was baptized with the Spirit. We too should be born of the Spirit and then baptized with the Spirit. And note that the Holy Spirit came upon him at the very beginning of his ministry. Before he preached a single sermon, or worked a miracle, or healed anybody, Jesus did not begin his ministry until the Holy Spirit came upon him. What did Jesus tell his disciples to do? Jesus told his disciples, wait in Jerusalem until you have been endued with power from on high. Wait until you're baptized with the Spirit before you begin to minister. Jesus didn't minister until he was endued with power from on high. Look at chapter 4, verse 1. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. After he was baptized with the Spirit, it says in verse 1, Jesus was led by the Spirit. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now turn with me over to Luke chapter 4. I want you to turn to this passage, Luke chapter 4. And here is Luke's account of the same thing, Jesus being led into the wilderness. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Look what it says. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus was filled with the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. He goes out in the wilderness where he's tempted by Satan. Look down at verse 13. Look what it says. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time, verse 14, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out through all the surrounding region. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Uh, The Greek word here is dunamis. We've talked about that on Thursday night. We get the word dynamic from the the same word. He returned in the power of the Spirit. Jesus was led by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit. Just as we're commanded to be led by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit. Look down at verse 16. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, Isaiah 61. Look what it says. This is what he read. This is the beginning of his ministry. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me for what? 
to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Look back at verse 18 as he reads from the scroll of Isaiah. Jesus reads, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He had the spirit upon him. Acts chapter one, you don't have to turn there, but remember, Jesus said to his disciples, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come Upon you. And here Jesus is declaring the Holy Spirit is upon me. And he attributes his preaching and his miracles and his works to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is upon me and has anointed me to do all these things. Now turn with me over to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts 10, 38. It says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power and and through the anointing of the Spirit, he went about doing good and healing. Through the Spirit. The power of the Spirit. Go back to the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah 11. I only have 48 more verses for you to look at. (laughs) Isaiah 11. This is a prophecy about the Messiah, Jesus Christ, when he comes. Verse 1, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his root. Speaking of Jesus. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes nor decide by the hearing of his ears. But it says here of the Messiah, when he comes, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him and the spirit will give him Wisdom and understanding and counsel and might and knowledge. All of that will come from the Holy Spirit. This sounds similar to the list of the gifts of the Spirit that are mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, doesn't it? Gift of wisdom, gift of knowledge. Now go with me to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Jesus, through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God. Jesus led a holy, sinless life through the power of the spirit. Through the power of the spirit. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 12, verse 28. Jesus speaking. But if I cast out demons, what does it say? By the spirit of God. Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Jesus is saying he casts out demons by the spirit of God. Just two more verses for you. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. 
verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Here it's saying that Jesus was raised from the dead through the power of the spirit, the resurrection by the power of the spirit. Finally, Acts chapter one, verse one. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. This is talking about after the resurrection and after the resurrection, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, gave commandments to the apostles. So Jesus was still working in the power of the Holy Spirit even after the resurrection, giving commandments to his apostles through the Holy Spirit. Now, what's the point in all of this? The point is, everything Jesus did, he did through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit filled him. The Holy Spirit led him. The Holy Spirit empowered him. He depended upon the power of the Holy Spirit to fulfill his ministry. He didn't depend upon his own power. Now, we, we tend to think that, that Jesus just worked all the miracles by his own power. He's, he's just Jesus, right? He's Jesus. He's God. He's got this divine power. He just used his divine power to work these miracles and to do all these things. But what we see in Scripture is that he relied upon the power of the Holy Spirit. Philippians chapter 2 talks about how even though he was God, he didn't cling to his divine power, but instead He made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. He didn't he didn't he has this divine power, he's got this divine power, but he chose not to use his power and rely upon his own power. Instead, he relied upon the power of the Holy Spirit. To do everything you read in the Gospels. The same Holy Spirit that is available to us, the same Holy Spirit that empowers us. He did this to be an example to all of us. An example of living in total dependence upon the Holy Spirit. Not relying upon your own ability or your own power, but relying completely on the Holy Spirit, power from on high. That's what Jesus did. That's what his disciples did in the book of Acts. That's what God wants us to do. Is not rely upon our own strength or our own ability, our own power, but to rely upon the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Lord, we thank you for your word today and we thank you for the example of Jesus and how you worked in the spirit in his life as well. Lord, I pray that we would not rely upon our own strength or our own power, but rely upon your power. Rely upon your spirit and everything. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know and I say bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to share with you next time 
But if you have any questions or would like to talk to us and have any prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab, then click on Contact. You're welcome to submit prayer requests on our website too. If you're interested in finding additional messages from this series, you can access those at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. Have you connected with a local church? If not, we encourage you to find a church family. It will help guide and support you in your faith. If you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe. And you can also get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn more at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this New Testament book. Pastor Dan will help bring some things to light for you right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack.